It's Saturday, July the 31st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, sobering Delta variant findings, and Trump loses tax return battle. First, the week in brief. America's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said people vaccinated against COVID-19 once infected with the highly transmissible Delta variant may be as likely as the unvaccinated to spread it. A study of an outbreak in Massachusetts showed that three-quarters of those infected had been jabbed. It said Delta is as contagious as chickenpox and may cause more serious illness than earlier strains. The Department of Justice ruled that Donald Trump's tax returns be handed over to a House committee that intends to scour them for potential conflicts of interest. Mr Trump has fought doggedly to prevent the Internal Revenue Service from releasing his financial records, which, unusually for an American president, he had refused to make public while in office. Notes also came to light showing that Mr Trump had pressured the Department of Justice to declare the presidential election of 2020 fraudulent. He then told DOJ officials they could, quote, leave the rest to me. The department demurred, having found no evidence of electoral shenanigans. Israel claimed that Iran was behind a deadly attack on one of its oil tankers in the Arabian Sea. Two crew members, a Briton and a Romanian, were killed when the MV Mercer Street was apparently targeted by drones on Thursday. The details of the attack remain murky, however, if Israel's accusation proves correct, it will increase tensions in the region considerably. The European Union fined Amazon 746 million euros, 886 million dollars, for failing to comply with the bloc's data protection rules known as the General Data Protection Regulation. The penalty is the latest blow in a few days of rough news for the firm. On Thursday, the e-commerce giant's share price fell in aftermarket trading after it revealed that sales growth had slowed by more than expected. Personal spending in America accelerated by more than economists had expected in June, with an increase of 1% from the previous month. Meanwhile, a much-watched measure of inflation suggested that prices grew by 0.5% between May and June. The data indicate that America's economic recovery is gaining speed, but some investors fret it comes at the cost of much higher inflation. Oil supermajors reported bumper second-quarter earnings after suffering billions of dollars in losses last year because of lockdowns that shrank demand for fossil fuels. ExxonMobil's profits reached $4.7 billion, while Chevron recorded $3.1 billion. Neither of them plans to increase their capital expenditure. The reopening of economies has caused prices per barrel to surge to the highest levels in two years. And word of the week, Webtoon, noun, a serialised comic strip that people can read on their phones. And now, here's today's agenda. Book off, a British journalist is sued by oligarchs. When Putin's People was published last spring, it received rave reviews, not least from The Economist. In it, Catherine Belton, a former correspondent for the Financial Times, sets out a web of connections between the Russian state and wealthy Russians in the West. But a claim was not universal. Some of the people mentioned in the book are suing Ms. Belton and the publisher Harper Collins for defamation. 
Two Russian businessmen have settled out of court, but Rosneft, an oil giant, and Roman Abramovich, the billionaire owner of Chelsea Football Club, seem intent on seeing the cases through. Mr Abramovich is particularly exercised about the suggestion that his purchase of Chelsea Football Club in 2003 was intended, quote, to corrupt the UK political elite. Ms Belton's representative says, quote, the authorial position plainly leaves the matter open. But this is just one of 26 passages in the book to which Mr Abramovich objects. The case looks set to roll on. Fleeing from Horror Sabaya. The horrors that were inflicted on the Yazidis, a religious minority in the wake of Islamic State's invasion of northern Iraq in 2014, are being widely told. On Friday, Sabaya, a new documentary named after the word IS used to refer to its sex slaves, was released in America. It follows the efforts of a group of volunteers to rescue enslaved women from the perilous Al-Hol refugee camp in Syria. They have few resources beyond their wits, a van and a handgun, but are helped by former Sabaya who smuggle the targets out of the camp under cover of night. Former victims of IS are increasingly speaking out. In The Last Girl, a book published in 2017, Nadia Murad described being sold as a Sabaya before fleeing to Germany in 2015. She is campaigning to bring the leaders of IS before an international court. Where there is horror, there is also great courage. The Return of Gilgamesh, A Step Towards Repatriation The epic of Gilgamesh, one of the world's oldest works of literature, only exists in fragments today. These bits of text were found written on clay tablets, at least one of which has gone through its own epic journey. Earlier this week, a federal court in America ordered that the so-called Gilgamesh Dream Tablet be forfeited to the government on the basis that it had been smuggled into the country. Discovered in modern-day Iraq, the artefact changed hands several times before 2014 when it was sold to Hobby Lobby, an American arts and crafts company. The tablet subsequently went on display at the Museum of the Bible, founded by Hobby Lobby's evangelical Christian president. The story of Gilgamesh has long intrigued Bible scholars and enthusiasts for its parallels to the Hebrew Bible. Millennia after it was written, Gilgamesh may finally be finding its way home. Not easily led, dogs suss human liars. Man's best friend can be deceitful. Few dog owners have avoided being swindled into second dinners or having their human snacks swiped. Apart from causing mischief, new research in Proceedings of the Royal Society B, Biological Sciences, a journal, suggests canines are also adept at sniffing out lies. Hundreds of dogs were trained to find a treat in one of two bowls by taking an unknown human's advice. Echoing previous findings in five-year-old children and monkeys, half of the dogs ignored the useless advice if the human was absent when the treat was hidden. But even more ignored the human when they knew she was knowingly lying. In other words, dogs were less likely to follow dishonest bad advice than honest bad advice. Terriers, however, were the sole exception. They behaved like the more trusting human infants. All the more reason to give them more treats. Saturday Profile, Lisa Sue, Chief Executive of AMD Tech is a man's world, 
and nowhere more so than in the part of the industry that churns out the microprocessors that power the world's devices. Which makes Lisa Su's achievement even more remarkable. The turnaround of AMD, a once troubled chipmaker based in California. If further proof of the revival were needed, Ms. Su, who became the company's chief executive in 2014, delivered it on July 27th with another set of stellar quarterly results. Compared with a year ago, revenue almost doubled to $3.85 billion and net income jumped by 352% to $710 million, both records for the firm. Great leaders are trained, not born, she said in a recent interview, a view for which she is an excellent example. Born in Taiwan in 1969, she moved to America as a toddler and grew up playing the piano competitively, but was also good at fixing things. So she ended up studying electrical engineering at MIT and went on to work for several American chipmakers, including 13 years at IBM. I learned that when I chose something very difficult and did well, it would give me great confidence for the next challenge, she explained. Run towards problems, a mentor once told Ms. Sue, who often wears a black leather jacket when giving speeches at tech conferences where she is received like a rock star. That was definitely the approach she took when she joined AMD in 2012, which after years of mismanagement was a basket of problems. Once at the helm, she took swift action. She changed the architecture of AMD's chips, shifted fabrication to TSMC, the world's biggest semiconductor manufacturer, and focused on selling ones for desktops and laptops. Ms. Sue will need all the confidence she can muster for the next challenge. After years in crisis, Intel, AMD's big Silicon Valley rival, seems to be getting back on its feet under its latest boss, Pat Gelsinger, who recently announced an ambitious plan, quote, to fight for every socket, referring to the slots for processors in a computer. Ms. Sue replied she would do the same. Historically, at least, a strong AMD has meant a weak Intel and vice versa. But count on Ms. Sue to break that rule, too. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Denis Diderot, who died on this day in 1784. We swallow greedily any lie that flatters us, but we sip only little by little at a truth we find bitter. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 